Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Watts, a.k.a. Watsonland. Gray Nando is out on assignment today, but I'm here to give you guys a solo pod. There's a couple of things I want to touch on. I want to touch on the succession finale because uh, I just think it's freaking, you know, excellent. The best show to me, to my mind, of the last, like, five years. Just an incredible accomplishment incredible show hbo continues to be the standard for what tv and shit man i don't even think movies are reaching this standard to be honest like you know you get your marty movie you get your uh christopher nolan movie uh you know even soderbergh has like been like fuck movies i'm fucking with hbo netflix like (laughs) you get your 
Tarantino's going to drop. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's going to do something. Those things are big deals. And every now and again, we get something like Tar that's crazy. But, like, the action is on TV, man. It's crazy to say that, um, especially how we grew up, where TV was just an afterthought. But the action's on TV. I want to talk quickly about the succession finale. But first, man, yeah, Joe Biden, Joe Byron um, and the Democrats, um, as Nando and I predicted uh, last time we talked to you guys about the debt ceiling, quote-unquote, negotiation, they folded like a bunch of cheap suits. Um, in the news, the concessions that they made is not going to get a lot of airtime because elite corporate media could give a fuck about any of this shit. Um, and to them, this seems like, oh, this is compromise. This is government working. Um, when the Democrats, for no reason whatsoever, decide that um, these dudes have some type of leverage and should, and we should be negotiating with them. And yeah, man, um, one of the casualties of this freaking debt ceiling negoci- negotiation, um, they've imposed new work requirements on SNAP recipi- recipients. They've added more bureaucratic hurdles Um, For those who still qualify, uh, the consequence of this is that, again, the poorest, most vulnerable Americans among us are going to be kicked off of these snap rolls immediately. And then a lot of them are going to have to go through a lot of red tape in order to get back on the snap rolls. Of course, this is snap is essentially the last of any real social welfare that we have for poor and working poor people. Um, Somehow, incredibly, amazingly, we're still playing the welfare game with people where we pretend that the the country is somehow going broke or is bankrupt or I don't even know what they're using to justify this shit or people are lazy or any of this crap. Um, as a reason to be cruel to working people and poor people, but here we are. Um, they're the first people on the chopping block again. I, I mean, I don't want to re sort of litigate all of the things that were said last week, but it, like <laughs> this debt ceiling quote unquote fight, ones that the Democrats never wage when they, um, are the majority in the house and it's a Republican president. That's a one. If they were actually using this shit on their own end to get stuff for people, then I'd be like, you know what? This is the game and such is life. The show goes on, but they don't, they never do this. They never, ever, 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 ever do this. So that's a one. And then two, um, they didn't, they just didn't have to, uh, this is the kind of thing you call these people's bluff where SNAP program, again, that is not bankrupting the the country. Remember, folks, um, me and Nando sort of had a great laugh about it, but a story came out in the New York Times that, and I know we talked about this, but it's worth mentioning again. A story came out in the New York Times that, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the freaking, uh, the, the, 
the national security, the military industrial complex got shook that Ukraine funding might get tied up in this debt ceiling fight. And then like this, y'all, like this, the fucking Pentagon comes out and says, oh, due to some accounting error, that they found $3 billion in the couch cushions. They're like, oh, it was just an account error. Yo, we messed that up. Like, yeah, we, we found three extra billion. We just have it. Just, just like that. <laughs> like, this isn't even, a, it's not even a news story. It's not like something that's going to like lead the New York Times or Washington Post or MSNBC or CNN and obviously not Fox News or any of the like sort of commercial corporate media entities. It's just something that people take for like as just normal. It's just a given. The Pentagon is capable of finding $3 billion in the couch cushions. An accounting error is literally, I'm not, I'm not saying this as some like euphemism y'all like that. They just no, that's what they said. It was, I'm not like joking. I'm not like being funny here. Like they literally said it was an accounting error in their audit and they actually have three extra billion that somehow wasn't accounted for. Right. And so you see how it goes like with the shit that's actually important to these fucks. Um, it's just, easy it's just like that they can find their ukraine money to go pay out you know raytheon go pay out halliburton go pay out whoever it is boeing go pay out whoever it is that gets paid um nando so beautifully put it it's literally (laughs) it's literally a wealth transfer from our government from the federal government to these private actors and these private military industrial complex companies. Um, and then, you know, whatever Ukraine, Ukrainian homies will get something, they'll get some weapons and then we'll send some direct aid to Ukraine, which look it up folks. It's some corrupt ass actors that are going to be in charge of that. Um, that shit ain't going to no Ukrainian people whose villages got bombed and all of that stuff. No, it's a kleptocracy over there too. And yeah, and on and on and on it goes. And it doesn't matter, like our country, like a lot of times when we topple dictators in like the third world or whatever, or the global south or the developing world, whatever the fuck we're calling people who are not part of the Western sort of hegemon, we'll be like, yo, the reason we had to topple this democratically elected sort of left-leaning um leader in Central America or South America somewhere is because, oh, that motherfucker was corrupt. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, that dude is corrupt. We had to topple him. We CIA had to back the, the military coup, you know, even though their people democratically and, you know, uh, again, this is how we twist ourselves in knots with our bullshit foreign policy. This is why we have no credibility globally. I'm talking about anywhere. There is no credibility, and that was not always the case. Um, we have no credibility because we'll invade Iraq and say, oh, no, Saddam Hussein's a dictator, blah, 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 democracy, yada, 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 yada. Meanwhile, you know, our best buddies are the Saudis, um, the Israeli regime, what they're doing to the Palestinians, turning um, Palestinians into second-class citizens, very anti-democratic. The list goes on and on. The amount of regimes that we back that have nothing to do with democracy, that are corrupt as fuck. However, when some dude 
in say um, Honduras or or some other place uh, is democratically elected and he has some level of leftward leanings, will topple his ass and be like, oh, he was corrupt. Oh, he was taking money. Oh, he was doing this. And Ukraine, trust me, this is not like, this isn't conjecture. Like there's tons of corruption going on over there. But there's no way the people in our government are going to tell Raytheon and the rest of those boys that they don't get to enjoy windfalls from federal dollars. No different than SNAP, y'all. Like, that's why I'm bringing it up. Like, you might think to yourself, like, why is he talking about the military in relation to SNAP? I'm just saying, like, government largesse. Okay, that's what it is. It's wealth, our money, federal dollars, wealth going to private actors. These are citizens, individuals, private people. Okay, this is not going back into our economy. This isn't going into, say, you know, like a Build Back Better or some shit where it's like we're pouring government dollars into making better roads, bridges, you know, green energy that the public is like public utilities, you know, parks, whatever you want, whatever it is, public housing, you name it. We're not taking federal dollars that go into, you know, stuff that we all get to use. No, this is wealth being transferred directly to private actors. And what these fucking assholes will have you think is that this SNAP program stuff is the same thing. Mind you, you'll never hear it described as such on your cable shows, like, you know, or the Sunday shows, like Face the Nation or Meet the Press or any of that stuff where serious political dialogue happens. They will never describe that $3 billion or whatever the fuck it is in aid that we're sending to the Ukraine. They will never describe that as a wealth transfer, right? It's not like those companies, those military companies, um, excuse me, those defense weapons manufacturing companies are government owned. They are privately owned. They have contracts with our government. Okay. And so therefore the government, their business is sustained by the fact that the government gives them billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, private actors. Okay. And how they would describe the punk ass snap program which isn't nearly enough to help people. Okay. Um, again, you can look up what the wages are of some of the jobs that people have to take in our country, in our economy, who aren't lucky enough um, to be like me and Nando and have these fucking nice ass, fancy ass white collar jobs, or have a really good government job, like say, you know, MTA in New York, or even fuck it, NYPD and um, FDNY, like these are great government jobs, incredible benefits, competitive salaries as far as wages are concerned, all of that good stuff. Pension, which is the big one, um, all of that stuff. Um, we're talking about people who have to take menial work because they got to make ends meet. And this little bit of assistance that we give them, again, this idea of adding on a work requirement as if <laughs> as if the SNAP program is so much bread that these people could look around and say, yeah, fuck work. You know, I could just live off of, I can subsist on 
whatever the government gives me. Um, there are not very many places in America where you could get by where, you know, people are paying $500 rents. People are paying $700 rents. There's not very many places in America where this shit exists, y'all. And so again, how they would sell this fucking cut to pass this debt ceiling shit to pay bills that we've already accrued. This is a new spending. This is shit that we've already committed to paying. They say, oh, that has to be on the chopping block. Then, of course, I have to open up the front page of my New York Times website. And they're like, oh, this shit might get held up in the Senate after the House that did what they did, you know, cruelty at its finest, punching down and kicking people while they're down, um, the most vulnerable people in our population. I open up my New York Times and they talking about, yeah, one of the conditions got to be that they end the pause on student loan debt payments. Mind you, these aren't even these aren't even private actors. You dig? These aren't um, the 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 debt is owed to our government. Again, the richest entity in the history of mankind. Just remember that. Just keep that in mind when they bring this up. Um, and so yeah, these are the things that are on the chopping block that the Dems. Joe Byron and his cohort felt like, you know, is are insignificant enough. Either one, they think it's too insignificant to call these fools bluff and fight them on, or two, they agree. They're like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been time that we that these lazy bastard Gen Z millennial lazy fuckers. It's about time they get back to paying their student loan debt. Because if you take out a debt, you got to pay it. Blah, 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 blah. Unless you, you know, you're some rich fucking, then you can go bankrupt and not have to pay your creditors and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's pathetic. But why should we be surprised? Um, we've said it here a million times already. The Democratic Party will not save you. It's not going to happen. It is just not going to fucking happen. The only thing that is going to bear results for the people of this country is collective action, organizing around common cause issues, uh, um, shit that is afflicting everyone, i.e. the cost of healthcare, the cost of housing, um, you name it. Those are the two big ones right now. But yeah, um, obviously we need better wages, so wage increases, all of that shit. Um, those are the big three. Wages, healthcare, housing. Those are the most important issues facing us as a people right now. And unless we organize around those issues. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. 
You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. And literally nothing else. Like, I'm sorry, there's not a lot of shit that can get oxygen if you want to, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, some of these like culture war shit that people want to die on, like that, that people want to like die on the cross for, I don't see how it gets oxygen if, you know, collectively we move towards actually challenging the status quo on those three basic fucking needs. Anyway, that's our update on... <laughs> The um, Democratic Party, Joe Biden, um, they all hate us. Succession, man. Um, wow. Uh, what an incredible four seasons. What an incredible show. Um, I know it's early. This immediately, for me, immediately jumps into the wire sopranos mad men category for me immediately um why do i say that one there was absolutely nothing funnier on tv in the time that this show was on nothing nothing funnier nothing funnier two the fucking level of acting performances on this show I know Jeremy Strong and his method acting shtick wears a lot of people thin, the, some of the interviews he gives. And, you know, I, I love that Brian Cox made fun of him in several of his own interviews and all of that. But the acting performances on this show from Brian Cox to Sarah Snook to Kiernan um, Culkin, like on down to the sort of supporting cast of characters, next level. It's, it's on the level. And three, I mean, for me, like, the sort of bigger, larger themes that the show is attacking about inheritance, about what do we pass on to the people around us, what gets handed to us, and literally inheritance of a company, of money, of legacy, um, incredible and then last but not least, as you guys know, because of the topics that we talk about every single week on this show, um, 
just how ghoulish, utterly destructive, petty, not that talented, not very brilliant, our overlords are. Just how craven, ghoulish the lords of capital are. Like, if this show has one mission statement, it's to set out to explain to you the gross incentives of the system and what those incentives do to the people who are at the steering wheel of the system. And it begs the question of why the fuck are we okay with this collectively? I mean, we can go into why, you know, my man Danny says, um, relative, relatively cheap food and entertainment. People ain't hungry. People can find ways to distract themselves. I mean, that's about as good as, <laughs> that's about as good in, um, of a hypothesis as I've ever heard. But man, the way that this show just nailed on and drilled on those themes while being the funniest shit on TV, while delivering some of the most heart-wrenching scenes that I've ever seen on TV. Like that Tom and Shiv fight, holy fucking moly, right? Um, and this is just stuff from this season. Um, we don't even need to get into Lake Como and shit where Kendall confesses to his siblings about killing the kid in the car crash. You know, um, Logan telling them kids to their face that they're not serious people. And like, just so many, like the scene where Shiv sees her mom for the first time, Caroline, and she just, they just exchanged looks of, are you pregnant? Yes, I am. Oh, no words spoken, just glances. The show is, it's, it's in another stratosphere. Um... I can't say that I'm sad that it's gone. Honestly, I remember Chris Ryan asked me on our precap show for The Ringer if I would be sad when this was gone. This is like the first episode. I was like, nah, because I got mad shit to watch. Like, I'm watching White House Plumbers, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm watching um, the joint uh, um, on HBO where the lady killed her, uh, uh, her, her, her mistress's wife. You know, I'm watching Yellow Jackets. I'm watching a lot of stuff. I'm wa I watched Beef, incredible show. By the wow, blew me away. There's so much stuff to watch. No, I, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm lamenting it. And, and I'm gonna go back to this and watch it again. This is going to be like The Wire and The Sopranos, where I rewatch this shit over and over again. Like it's gonna happen. Um, the finale, like y'all don't need to hear this from me. I thought it was fantastic. I'm not going to lie. Um, yes, I, I, I'm going to pat. This is the part where I pat myself on the back where I correctly predicted. And this is not like I've been predicting this shit for a while now. Um, nobody, no kid was actually going to win. Like, no, like by win, I mean run this company. Um, I don't know. I can't. I wish I remember the exact moment that it flipped for me, but there was a moment watching the show. It might've been season three, maybe halfway through season three. It might've been at some point through at, in season two where I finally realized that 
Logan was not the villain and that the kids were, and that the idea that he should just be handing them his fucking company that he built from scratch, that he put his blood, sweat, and tears into, that he should just give it to them just because they came out of his nutsack. Like, there was a point where it flipped for me where, like, these kids, like, there's no justification. They have no justification for this shit. They can't justify their entitlement at all. And once that switch flipped for me and I realized it's not that Logan's the hero, but the actual villains are these three shithead kids, it made it put the show into crystal clear vision for me. And like I just I just saw the show differently. I started noticing that like every single conversation that people in the business world have with these kids is they're completely condescending them. They all think they're shitheads. They all talking down to them. They all think they're full of shit and worthless and useless. And it just was validating how I felt about these kids. And so I just knew the finale was not going to end with Kendall ascending to his father's seat and he's going to lead them into the future. It's like, no, there's going to be a bunch of backbiting. And, and I, you know, y'all can check the tapes. Go listen to the Prestige TV podcast on the Ring of Podcast Network. The last pod that I did with Rob Mahoney, he said, what's the prediction? I said, Siobhan's going to help push Kendall out the company. And Manson's going to shut her out. And that's going to be life. That's it. Life goes on. Um, but again, some of the themes, man, again, like this, this, this idea of entitlement, right? Especially when you're dealing with the scions of billionaire titans of industry, right? Like there's the entitlement that they grew up with, but then there's the actual entitlement. Like they act these, a lot of these motherfuckers actually are entitled to this thing that their parents owned. Like they're entitled to now, they're gonna get to do what they want with it. You know, take it into real life. Bob Myers just stepped down as president and GM of the Golden State Warriors. It's announced immediately after. Owner Joe Lacob, his kids are going to be promoted within the organization, right? So I don't know those dudes personally. I'm sure they're hard workers and I'm sure they're pretty competent. But there's an entitlement that you grow up with when you're rich and everything is handed it to you. But then you're actually entitled. <laughs> like, you actually get these things handed to you. Like, you actually do. Like, it actually happens. And the show deals with the consequences of that reality when it comes to the ruling class and their fucking asshole kids who they pass this ruling to, you know? Just incredible, incredible stuff. And again, of course, the show is validating my own worldview about these fucking bastards. And so, of course, I, I acknowledge my own biases as to why I think this is an incredible show. It's in line with how I already feel about the world. But the craft, you can't deny it. HBO put a bunch of money into sending these people to beautiful locations. Like everything you want in a TV show, visually, stylistically, Again, the writing, the acting, the story, it's top notch, man. Um, just an incredible, incredible finale. Um, when people say, oh, why did Shiv do that? 
It's obvious. She just couldn't stand seeing that motherfucker win. It's just, no, anybody but him. It's, it's just obvious. She's like, oh, I can't have it? No, it definitely can't be him. No, it's going to make me sick. I'm already sick that I'm not going to have it. It's going to make me sicker to watch Kendall's bitch ass have it. No, 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 no. No, fuck that. I will not abide by it. To borrow a category, um, unanswerable question from Rewatchable, shouts to Bill and the whole crew. Um, since the deal goes through and they did that deal with Nan Pierce and them, don't they still have to do AGN? Don't, don't, don't they now own that shit outright? <laughs> like, I haven't seen that in any of the recaps, like episodes that I've listened to. Shouts to Chris and Andy. Um, go check out what they just, they just talked to the showrunner, Jesse Armstrong, on our shit on um, The Watch on the Ringer Podcast Network. Um, I read a bunch of, uh, you know, recaps from Vulture to us to all. Like, nobody brought up the fact that, like, yo, the sale goes through. These guys are billions of dollars richer, which means, like, that's it. that other sale, the first one, <laughs> with the Pierces and all of them, like, don't they own that now? Can't they just go run that <laughs> into the ground, might I add? Um, yeah, just, just incredible 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 stuff anyway that's our show for today make sure you guys become a patreon patreon.com backslash count the dings um that's how you support all this incredible content that we try to put out for you guys every single week check out all the other count the dings offerings as well um fernando vila my brother john Gervais on the ones and threes um i'm big wise we'll see you guys next week peace out